Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Well, good morning. We are so excited about next week and what God is going to do in our house, in in this house, with our Heart for the House offering. I do believe that God's going to do something next week that's going to blow your mind, that's going to surprise you. For some of you guys, it's going to stretch you. For some of you guys, next week will be a, you'll be a part of something that you've never ever been a part of before. And, and that's the new thing that only God can do in all of us. And so um, I'm very, very excited about that. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're glad you're here today. Also, it, today is day one um, of, of Advent. And um, I was talking to our dream team this morning. A lot of you guys are like, I never, never, I don't even know what Advent is. Um, some of you guys are like, it's a hospital. <laughs> and um, Advent is that season of preparing for Christ to come. And preparing for getting ready for Christ to come. And so some of you guys that are on our dream team, I sent you guys an invite to a, a Bible reading plan. And if you don't, if you, uh, for a Bible reading plan uh, for an Advent, uh, just praying and preparing for what God's going to do um, in, for Christmas. And I hope for you, I say this every year, but I hope Christmas isn't just like another Christmas. I hope every Christmas is like, wow, man, this is so cool that God came for me. And God didn't come for just, for somebody else, but man, God, per, make it personal this year. May God, come, God came for me. God came for you. And I know it's very easy to get caught up in all the hustle and bustle. And uh, our Christmas tree is already up. And um, my wife, for the, uh, probably about the 14th year, has asked me for Christmas lights on the house. Still, no Christmas lights on our house. <clears throat> and uh, I'm consistent. One thing about me, you'll find about this pastor, is that he is consistent. And uh, I do find there's a little soft spot in my heart. I think I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer and closer to it. Um, I, I think I'm ready because I now realize um, that maybe my kids can help me do it. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I'm, I'm not too far. I, I felt, and me personally, I felt like sticking that thing in the ground, the light shooting up on the house. I thought that was fine, Derek. I, personally, that, I was good with that. And uh, she's like, we need more. I'm like, well, buy a second one. I'll put, I'll put two in the ground. I have no problem doing that. I feel, like, I feel like that's good enough. That's just, it's about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It's about Jesus. <laughs> and so I'm really, really excited. Um, so we're reading through a, a plan for the next 25 days or 28 days preparing up until, um, up until Christmas. And so if you don't have that plan, um, I was telling our dream team, everybody ought to have the U version. It's God's word with you everywhere you go. You, that's, that, that, if you're going to have an app on your phone, you want to make sure that you have the version app. So if you want that plan, you want to follow along with us, um, you can just message me um, on, on Facebook or email us, and we'll, we'll make sure that you get it, And because uh, we want you to read along in Scripture with us. Um, but next week is our Heart for the House offering, and I'm super excited. I'm super excited for what God is going to do. Uh, next week. You guys have heard me say this, but we break up at all. It's, it's one time a year. We all come together. If you're visiting Hope Church for the very first time, just kind of hang in there for a few moments. But this is where, this is where everyone who calls Hope Church their home, we, we kind of all pour all our resource, resources in together in, in one spot at one time. And uh, we, give all through all, we, we give all throughout the year, but one time a year, we give above and beyond our tithes and our offerings, and, and we come and, and we really, we bless the house of God. It's what we do. And, and um, so that's next week. And so we've talked to you guys the last three weeks on how we kind of break that up, but we break it up in three different categories. The first category is we give 20% away. I want you to come back next week because you're going to see where we're going to go next week. We're going to bless an organization right here in our city called um, 
uh, Harbor House. And uh, what they do is that they help women and children who've been rescued from trafficking. And so um, next week, Mary will be here with us, and uh, we're going to bless them with a check. Before we even take the offering next week, we're going to give them a check. I just believe that God's going to—we're going to seed that offering next week by what we do. And so that'll, that'll happen next week. And so come see what she's doing. She's not serving people in India. We have partners there. She's not serving people in Nairobi, Kenya. We have partners there. She's not partnering with our partners from that we partnered with last year in Venezuela and Costa Rica. She's serving in our city. We're in a garden in Claremont, central Florida, this area, and she's helping— women and children who have been rescued um, from, the, some, from, from terrible, terrible, out of a life of terrible, terrible, terrible things. And so um, we just believe that God's called us to help the marginalized, and that's a marginalized uh, group of people in our city. And so we always say this at our church, we want to love all people at all times and all places. If we don't invest in it, we can't say that we love it. And the things that we love, then we invest in it. And so that's an area that's, that's on our heart. And I was introduced uh, to them by Kelly, who goes to our church. There's so many of you guys in our church that while you serve here, and you give here, and you invest here, you do other things out there. And uh, Josh and Kelly uh, connected me to them. And so that come next week, the first 20% will go out of the house. The next 20% will stay right here in the house, and we'll use it for ministry. So the first 20% is missions. The second 20% is, is for, for ministry. And we want to do some things to upgrade the experience in this space and we want to upgrade the experience outside the space. We want to, we, we're going to hire someone uh, this year. We've already hired them. We've already, we've already committed, you know, we've already committed with what we're going to do. We believe that God's going to do something incredible next week. But we already have someone. There's people that are coming to our church every single week that have gotten saved online. Or because they got saved online, they came eventually into the house. They've got baptized. And people are being discipled online. And so we, we want to make sure we keep on resourcing uh, that area. So we're going to, you'll see some upgrade. I was talking to my friend Marty uh, this morning. And, um, a good friend of mine, about, he's like, hey, what's it looking like? What, what are you guys going to be doing? You know, how can I be a part of it and, and what God's going to do? And so you'll see some changes in the next few weeks, and it's going to be incredible. And then the last 60% goes for the future home. Goes for the future home. Now, I, I want to make this very—this part, I want to make it very practical. I'm going to preach in just a moment, and I want to make it very practical for you for, about this next space. This next space is—we we believe that God has another home for us. Or we, know that he, we believe that he wants to, to, to do more. We, you saw the video just a moment ago. We, we believe that God wants us to take ground. He says in Scripture in the Old Testament, like, hey, drive your stakes in deep. And we've driven our stakes in deep, and we want to drive them in even deeper. And, and a lot of you guys message us and say, Pastor Wes, we love meeting the YMCA, and we love meeting the YMCA. And a building isn't everything. I was talking to a, a friend recently. He said, I've been part of five. I've been part of five mega churches that filed bankruptcy because they bought bigger houses than what they should have bought. We're not going to buy a bigger house than what we should buy. You can rest assured about that. Um, we like to be generous, and we like to, we're not going to we're not going to overcommit. We're not going to do that. But here's what I did want to say to you about the future house of, of this space. I would I want to be the first church ever that when it came available, we were actually ready for it. What happens? My buddy of mine is like, "Hey, we're raising money for a building, and and we've got people committed over the next two years, and they're gonna we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and and it's not wrong, and maybe we'll have to do that one day. But I I believe that we can just store up all of our kind of like a squirrel mentality. We can just store up all of our nuts for the winter. One day when it's springtime for us, one time when it's harvest time for to 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 build something out of the ground or to take take ground somewhere else, then we'd actually be ready for it. So for the last six years, we've been saving, and we're gonna continue to save. I know for Diane and I, we were, because we saved and we got ourselves in a financial position to be ready um, for whatever God wanted us to do, we were able to, to, to move from the east side of town to move to the west side of town, but we were prepared for that. And we were like, oh, we got to go out and save, and we got we to beg, borrow, and do all these things to get ready. So we just want to be ready for whatever God has for us. 
We don't know what that is. We've knocked on doors. We've opened doors. God's closed doors. We've kind of we kind of pulled up a couple of windows and tried to sneak through a couple of windows, and uh, and God didn't. God kind of put those down again too, and so. Uh, we feel like um, for the last six, last probably eight months, God's been stirring um, a, a space and an idea in our hearts. And so we're just going to keep on praying. Our trustees are praying. Our overseers are praying. We're just going to pray and believe that when it gets here, we'll be ready for it. And so next week, um, I'm really excited, and we're going to see whatever— we're going to see whatever God has for us, okay? And so all I want to challenge you to do this last, what I've asked you to do the last three weeks is just pray and ask God uh, what part you'll play next week. And I know what part we'll play. And I and, uh, told Diana last week, like, hey, look and see what we gave because whatever we gave last year, we're going to give more this year. And Diana says to our kids, I want you guys to pray about, I want you to pray about what we're going to give for the heart for the house. And my, my son, John, who he loves generosity, he's like, I'm already ready to go. I'm already ready to go. I'm like, how, how ready, you know? <laughs> what you got, bro? And, um, and so we're really excited about what God's going to do. This is God's house. And uh, we just believe that we're going we're gonna to steward it the best that we can steward it, uh, Diane and I. And I heard it recently. I was listening to a message um, by a pastor, and he said, that, um, he said that God doesn't give us what we can handle. He gives us what we'll steward. He doesn't give you what you can handle. He gives you what you can steward. And we've done our best to steward this house pretty dang good, in my opinion, and we're going to continue to steward it well. And so we want to challenge you to join the journey with us next week. And some of you guys, you've, you've never, ever given before to, to church in general. You don't even, you don't even give the baseline. You're not, even, you're not giving 10%. You're not, you, just, you, you don't believe in that. And so here's what I want to ask you. to Just pray and ask God that maybe next week will be the first time you've ever given to a church. Maybe for some of you guys, you're like, this, I've already been given. But maybe next week God's going to challenge you to, to level up in your giving and and I, I know this about giving. If you give, God will bless you. I just know that. It's just the way it works. We don't give to be blessed, but when we give, he sure as heck does bless us. I don't know how it works that way, but it does. I want to read a passage of scripture to you today that we've been reading for you every week. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we've been reading to you this every Sunday morning. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, people judge by the outward appearance, but God looks at your heart. God looks at your heart, man. I wonder if your heart was cut open today, what would be at the core of your heart? Would it be gratitude? This series that we've been doing called, this series that we've been called a, a grateful heart, I wonder if at the core of your heart there's gratitude, because when our heart is grateful, man, unimaginable things can happen. I mean, immeasurably, when your heart is grateful, immeasurably more can happen. Generosity can come out. Forgiveness comes out of a grateful heart. Mercy comes out of a grateful heart. Grace comes out of a, out of a grateful heart. I mean, there's a lot of things that come out of a grateful heart. Now, if you show me a closed heart, you show me an ungrateful heart. We've looked at the last two weeks. We've seen two, two young people who, who just lost their gratefulness, and their heart was closed off to the things of God, and we close our things, and we close our heart to the things of God. We close off the blessings of God, we, when, we close our, when we close our mind and we close our hands and we close our heart to the things of God, man, bad things begin to happen. We've seen that the last two weeks. These two young men that we've been following the last two weeks, they, they lost out because they began to close up their hands. They lost out because their, their heart was closed. And so my prayer for you is that you would have an open heart this season. And our prayer for you is that this season will be a continuation to next season and every season of your, of your life for the next 20 seasons that you have, next 30 seasons, however many seasons that you have left, that you would have a grateful heart because out of a grateful heart, incredible things can happen. Incredible things can happen. But I believe that God has more for every one of us in here today. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible says that God can do abundantly more than we can ask or think. 
John chapter 10, we believe in abundance. John chapter 10 was one of our core values. John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says this, that, that Satan comes to kill and to steal and destroy, but Jesus comes to give us an abundant life. I wonder if you were cut open today, would gratefulness be at the core of who you are? It starts with our salvation. We talked about that the last two weeks. If you're saved, there should, you should be at least, at least you got one thing to be grateful for. I don't know, Pastor West, I ain't got much to be grateful for. Are you saved? <laughs> that's, that's good. If you're saved, do you, do you have salvation? Do you, are, are mercies new inside of your soul every single day? Do you have the Holy Spirit moving inside of you? We're about to roll into our 21 days of prayer. I'm so thankful for it because God always does a new thing that, in that 21 days of prayer that does something, he does something in that 21 days that, that, he, that he will continue all throughout the year. I want to read a passage of scripture to you today, Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35, I did say to you just a few moments ago that God wants to do more in your life, and I do believe that. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, the Bible says this. Jesus traveled all throughout the towns and the villages of, of that area. Diane and I and our kids, we've prayed and we've walked in every area. We've knocked on, knocked and, and called real estate agents, and we have people looking for spaces for, for Hope Church. And I believe that God's kind of showing us right now that maybe there's something that, that we don't see. We could actually see, we, that video we talked about, we could actually see the way that he would see. And so we looked at this guy, he, he, Jesus walked all around all the towns and he traveled and he was teaching the synagogues and he was announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. We, we, we're going to go into every door that we possibly can go through. For years we've tried to preach the gospel into, into Foundation Academy and finally we were able to crack that door and we got in there and we've sent Ryan in there to share the good news and if we don't get invited back, it's his fault. <clears throat> I'm going to go next time. <laughs> Um, but I just, we're just going to keep on doing that. Every, every nonprofit in our area, we've, we've tried to say, hey, how can we serve you? How can we help you? What are you doing in the city? We want to we wanna come alongside you and do what you're doing in the city. We want to help you, help you perpetuate the good news. We've had some people call us and say, hey, can you help us out? And we say, hey, are you sharing the good news? Like, oh, and that's not our deal. Then, not, then, you're, not, then you're not our deal. <laughs> if that's not your deal, you're not our ideal partner. We want to help people that are going to share the good news. The Bible says that Jesus healed every kind of disease and and illness. I, I believe that God wants to do some, some miracles next year that we've never ever seen before. There's a song I'm listening to right now. It's called The House of Miracles. I believe this is the house of miracles. We've already seen some, but I believe the best miracles we haven't even seen yet. I don't know about you in here today, but I still believe in a miracle working God. Can we put our hands together and just believe that God can still do miracles? Man, he's still a miracle working God. Verse 36 says, when he, when he does that, people show up, the Bible says, and when he did that, the crowd showed up. And when they showed up, he had compassion on them. They were looking for stuff, and he's like, no, you're looking for a savior. They were, they were looking for things, he's like, no, you're looking for the thing. It's me, capital T-H-E. You're, you're looking for me. He says that he had compassion on them, and we have compassion on this city, my sister-in-law prayed at Thanksgiving the other day. She said, it's so hard today to be a Christian in our society. I like to think, man, she's right. Pit hit my stomach. I was full, but then it got empty already. Because that is, isn't that where we're at? It seems like, it seems like everything is against God's word. It seems like everything is built to be against God's people. But here's what you need to know today. The Bible says that you're going to go through tough times. That's just the, what the Bible says. <laughs> Read the book of Peter. Like All throughout Scripture, Jesus promises us. There's a lot of promises that are good, but there's a promise. You're going to walk through tough days. You're going to walk through tough times. It's going to be harder. It's not all, 
that the best is yet to come because we're living for eternity, but every single day is not going to be the best day you've ever walked. A lady messaged me and she goes, hey, Pastor West, you do a lot of like inspirational stuff. You do a lot of encouraging stuff on your social media. You, I heard you say the other day that everyone has a thing that they struggle with. What's your thing? I'm like, we all got them. We all got them. We're posting our, our highlight reels, but the reality is that tough, tough times, they do come. The Bible says he had compassion on them because they were confused. I see so many people that are confused. That's why we invested in what we invested last year into our next generation. So many people are helpless. That's why we're looking to help as many people as we possibly can with the good news. The Bible says it's like sheep without a shepherd. A sheep without a shepherd is going to be a dead sheep. <laughs> a sheep without a shepherd is going to be a dead sheep. Verse 37 says this. This is, this is the challenge for us today. This is the challenge for us as a, as, as a church. This is the challenge for us with our, with our giving, with our time, with our energy. The Bible says, he said to the disciples, hey guys, listen up. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. The dream team, there's, there's a lot of work for the dream team, but there's not enough dream team members. There's a lot of work but there's not enough resources to get it all done. There's a lot of things that, that need to get done, but there are a few people that are excited about getting the work done. Some of you guys have been coming to this church for, for years now, and I, I want to invite you. you. You ought to join the team for years. Some of y'all have been coming for a few months. You might be getting close to being on the team. Here's what I know. Teams, things work better in team. That's what I know. I've played sports my whole life. Now I try to stay away from them. It hurts. Someone's like, hey, we got to get the guys together to have a turkey bowl. I'm like, get a bunch of old, out of shape, 30 and 40-year-olds together to run around and to pretend like we're still in our prime. No. We don't have insurance for that. I played in Turkey Bowl, and our team won every year, and, and uh, it was always married guys versus single guys, and we won every year in Jacksonville. We just had some, there were some fast kids on that, on that team, and then I got married. We won like three years in a row, and then I got married, I'm like, whew, married guys, it's different when you're married. <laughs> it's just different. That has nothing to do with the message, Diana. Just, it hit me. It just hit me. <clears throat> the Bible says that there's Oh, team. I was talking about team. It works better in team. Team's better. Team's better. Tyson and Joanna have a company. Tyson does the work. Joanna runs the money. It's better that way. It's team. Diane and I, in our marriage, leading this church, I just run away from all the work. My job is to preach the gospel. That's what Jesus called me to do. He only gave me one gift. Diana makes all this work together. You're in your, in your company. There's a team there. It works better. Coach Gross is here today. He, he works on a team. He coaches on a football team. team. Team is better. Team is so much better. When you can get your kids, when we get all of our kids to work together as a team, it is better. Team is always better. The Bible says this. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. I want to encourage someone today to let you know that there's a harvest with your name on it. There's a, there's a harvest 
with, with the Beecham's name on it. There's a harvest with the McMillan's name on it, the McGee's. There's a harvest with your name on it. There's a harvest with Jonathan's name on it. There's a harvest with your name on it, your family's name on it. There's a harvest on it. And some of you guys, until you figure out what your harvest is, just come run with us. You can just kind of, you can reap the benefits of the harvest of this house. I believe this, that every year this church has been existing, he's blessed this house over and over again. Someone said recently, said, man, I'm so thankful that God's blessed your church, but I wonder if the wheels are going to fall off ever for you guys. I said, I hope not. You know, my prayer this past Thanksgiving, down our time of the day, my Thanksgiving is that I would stay close and I would stay clean. Emily's dad taught me that. He said, that's, that's what needs to be your prayer, Wes, for the rest of your life, that you stay close to God and you stay clean. That's my prayer for this year. That's my prayer for me. If I stay close and I stay clean, my wife and my kids stay close to God and they stay clean. If we do that, God will do what he'll continue to do. Here's what I know. I don't want to mess up my harvest. I don't want to mess up my harvest. Some of you guys say you don't even know what a harvest is. You're like, man, that sounds good, Pastor Wes. I like that. I almost clapped. <laughs> There's a harvest with your name on it. There are people out there. They're dying and going to hell. They got their, their names on you. you. You have an opportunity to reach them. We went to go buy our Christmas tree the other day, and, and, and we're buying the Christmas tree, and I'm doing what I can do. You know, I'm keeping the crowd entertained and doing the best I can with it. And, and Diana, I hear Diana at the corner of my, at a, at a corner of my ear. I was listening to her. I was listening to all the conversations. When you have ADHD, you can listen to all the conversations. It's amazing. And she was telling the guy, do you go to church? And the guy said, I don't go to church. And Diana goes, cool, you should come to ours. Got in the car, gave, asked which kid wanted to give it to him, and Judah said, I'll take it. Judah walked up there and gave it to the guy there said, you need to come. Our church is for people who don't want to go to church. You, this, it's a great space for you. There's a harvest. There's a harvest. We're just working the harvest. I put it on. I was, I was messing around on my social media. Matt saw it, who goes to church here. And Matt said, hey, that's, that's, I work with that guy. And I said, hey, just want to let you know, we've already started working that harvest for you. We've already invited him. You just, you get him there. We've already been putting the work in. And I know Matt, if, I, if you know Matt, you know Matt's already been putting the work in. He, he ain't afraid to invite anyone to church. The pastor of the church invited you. The guy invited you. Someone else is going to invite him. If you go to get your Christmas tree at Lowe's, make sure you invite. His name is Nooch. You'll never forget that. His name is Nooch. I've never met a, he said, you'll never meet a Nooch, you'll never meet a Nooch ever again. He's right. There's a harvest with your name on it. Here, can I encourage someone today? Some of you guys, this will be discouraging. For some of you guys, it will be encouraging. You're going to have to sow before you harvest. You're going to have to water before you harvest. You're going to have to pull weeds before you harvest. You're going to have to cry. Come on, let me read that one more time for somebody. You're going to have to cry before you harvest, and you're going to have to wait before you harvest. But there's a harvest with your name. Some of you guys are going to tell you, like, I like that, Pastor. I like harvest. Oh, I like harvest. That sounds, that sounds really good. I like growth. I like when you get up there and you get that, give us those growth messages and you give us that harvest. And some of you guys have been in church long enough, you know this, that there's a harvest with your name, but here's what you need to know. There's no harvest without planting. I meet so many people, church. It's, I meet so many people, they're like, Pastor West, I don't know why I'm not harvesting. I'm like, because you ain't planted anything. And that's not very nice. I know, it's the truth. I grew up in a generation where people just said the truth and you just made the changes or... You know that if you go to conferences, they tell you to, 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 eat, to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Like, I just, I was told the truth, and I just I feel like it's made me a little bit better because I was heard the truth, you know? And I got my feelings hurt so many times as a young kid. It doesn't bother me anymore. It just kind of rolls off now. kind of feels good. You're not planning. What are you planning? I just don't know why. I just don't know why things aren't, I don't know why I can't find, you know, Mr. Right. Maybe you're not, maybe you're not Mrs. Right. Maybe you're not Mr. Maybe you're not Mr. Right. 
Like maybe you're not, maybe you're not, maybe you're not poured into yourself. I don't know why God's not blessing my life. I, I don't, you, maybe you're not blessing God. I don't know. I don't know why my, my finances are all whacked out. I'm not, the answer, your, your finances are all being all whacked out. The answer is not tithing. That's, most preachers would say that. It, it helps. It's the, the, to get your finances fixed, you have to, two things. You have, number one, get a budget. Most people are in financial problems because they don't have a budget. The second thing is, after you get a budget, you have to spend less than you make. That, one's, that one gets a lot of people. I don't, Pastor West, I don't know why. I do. I, you don't have a budget. We've tithed our whole life. That's all we've ever known to do is tithe. And I'm like, man, I don't know why we're, but our finances were so out of whack. We were just going deeper and deeper into debt. We had plenty of money, deeper and deeper and deeper into debt. And I realized we just, we had to stop spending more than we actually made. And then once we got that under control, then we got, then we started, it was so nice because then we had cash. We quit using credit. We like, we like cash. I don't know about you guys, if you're about cash, it, just, it feels better than a credit card. Unless you have one of those really thick American Express ones, those steel ones. Those feel good too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's no limit on those, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> we have that cash, now we just, if we want it, then we, we save up for it, and then we, I just don't know why God's not, I don't know why God's not blessing, like, you're not being faithful to the house. I don't know why God's not blessing my home, because you're not even, you're, you're not even, you're not even faithful to this house. Why would he bless that house? I think we have, we, we have more control than we actually think that we do. We're sitting in chairs like, man, I really wish God would bless me. And God's saying, please get out of the chair and please do something. There's no harvest without planting. I saw this quote in a book that our team read, and it said this. Some of you guys are like, I don't know why things aren't changing. I don't know why things aren't changing. It's because you're not changing. Here's what the quote said. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results. I don't know why things aren't changing, Pastor Wes, because you're not changing. And if you're, if you're working really hard on trying to change other people, you're going to have a really hard time changing you. I used, to, I used to work so hard at trying to change people. Di and I were with our first church that we, that we worked at with, with Emily's dad. We were like, we're going to save every kid that walks in those doors. We're going to save every kid. And I'm like, I don't know if I did more help or more damage. I don't, can't remember. But I know this. I want to just, I know for me in the, in the last few months, I've really just worked on, I've really zoned in on me. And just making sure I'm right. And I'm just going to hope as many people, if I do the right thing, I believe people will follow. Because what I read in this passage of scripture, Jesus said that he was serving, he was helping, he was healing, people began to follow What's cool about this church is only six years old and we, be, we, have, we now have a good reputation in our community. I want to keep that. I want to, that orange truck, I want to drive in the straight lines, you know what I'm saying? Gross says, I know, I, need, I know my taillight's out. I know you thought that yes. I know you thought that yesterday when I got in front of you. I took her Mustang off the line the other day. <laughs> Truck's fast. I'm kidding, I didn't take it off the line. There's a harvest with your name on it. Are you planting anything? So here's what you need to know. The last thing. Some of you guys are like, I need a miracle. In order for my thing to grow, I need a miracle. And I want to let you know that the miracle is in the seed. The miracle is in, I'm going to give you a lesson today. We're going we're to take communion in just a second. 
If you don't have communion, shoot your hand up real quick. If you don't have one of these things, we're going to bring it to you. Ray's got it. And anybody else not have communion? Raise your hand up. It's okay. Doesn't mean you're Pentecostal. It just means your hands are raised. There's two over here, Ray. Hold them up high, guys. Like, if you actually knew the answer to the test in class, high. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got this one. Thank you, Anna. My man in the back. <clears throat> hey, um, everybody, this is, we're going to take communion together, to get together, and this just looks better. And I know you're probably thinking, man, he's going to get sick if he eats this much communion. <laughs> I'm not going to. This is my illustration for today. I, I texted, um, I texted Kelly this week. I'm like, Kelly, I've been seeing a lot of the whole bread deal. I've seen you making bread and at a sisterhood event, shocker, but. And so I was like, what's the deal with the bread? I'm like, hey, what does it start with? And she's like, it starts with, um, I took my notes. I took notes on what she said it started with. You just, this might be the most spiritual thing you hear all day today, okay? So just lean in, okay? <clears throat> Here's how it goes. I say to her, hey girl, I'm using a loaf of bread as an illustration for my sermon tomorrow, and I figured you probably could help. What does it take to start a loaf of bread? I'm going to have a loaf of bread on stage, and I have no idea how it became a loaf of bread. Here's what she sends back. Take notes. You have to mill the grains. And you lost me after that. I'm like, that already sounds hard. And then you have to add yeast to get it to activate and rise. You also have to wait while it proofs. I thought that was a camera. I thought proofs like a camera thing. So you have to proof. And then you have to knead it together so that the gluten can hold the bread together. That's why I'm pro-gluten. I'm not excluding gluten. <laughs> I, I ain't canceling gluten. That's one thing I ain't canceling. You know what I'm saying? You, you, have to, you knead it together to hold the bread together. It'll give it the chewy texture. I'm like, listen, I'm interested. I'm like, you got me sold. Next text. There's also a chemical reaction. Then I was like, you, I, I'm out. <laughs> I don't want my bread to have chemicals in it. Canceled chemicals. No, I'm kidding. I haven't. <laughs> um, listen, just hang in there. There's also a chemical reaction that happens called hooch. I thought hooch was something else. <laughs> I thought that was all the girls that my mom told me to stay away from in high school. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I, had good, I had good parents. I don't care what you say. My mom and dad said, stay away from the hoochie mamas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so... Maggie, I'm just reading this. This is, I'm not accountable for this. I didn't, I didn't text myself this. I'm just reading. This is data research. And then when that happens, the hooch, it, you, you gotta, it's called the hooch. <laughs> you get the point. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know, care what you say. <laughs> hey, you're gonna have to see it. You're gonna have to see the miracle. Every, the wine and the bread that we're going to take together today, that, the, I hate this for you. There's a song now I'm listening called New Wine. And, and the, the Bible talks about wine in the, in the we, we see Jesus turn water into wine. And, and you, you see it all throughout Scripture. You see Jesus turn water into wine. And you, see, you see it all throughout. And there's a passage of Scripture around this passage of Scripture that talks about the fact that you can't put new wine into old wineskins. Because if you do that, it cracks, and then you lose your wine. 
There's a family, in our, there's a couple in our church. They're both level one sommeliers, which means nothing to a lot of you guys, but that means they studied wine. And they're certified to tell you about wine. They were telling me about, I was, I was like, tell me about wines. And they were saying, you know, you know, telling me about this. And in Napa, there's this, this, and this. And there's new, there's new world wine, and there's old world wine. And I was like, man, it was just very exhausting. And, and Jonathan, I was taking notes, Jonathan. And, and, and they were like, you got to talk to Jonathan. He actually knows more about wine than we do. And I'm like, he's not an alcoholic, is he? And they said, no, he's not an alcoholic. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> but the, if you know anything about grapes, that, or anything about wine, they come from grapes. And those grapes have to be crushed. And they have to be just under intense pressure and work. There's a timing involved. And, and we, we're in our, our culture today, you guys, we want everything two days or less. Order it now and get it between 5 a.m. And, and 10 a.m. Same day. And I want to let you know if you're going to follow Jesus and you're going to reap the harvest, it is going to take working. And you're going to have to knead that bread. It starts with a little bit of grain and it turns into this incredible thing. It takes work, and you have to knead it, and you have to, you have to massage, and then that, that's, all this work happens before it ever even gets into the oven. Honestly, the oven's the easy part, because I just sit in there and let it bake. I want to let you know, some of you guys today, you've got to put some work in. Pastor West, I don't know why things aren't changing. It's because you're not. I don't know why things aren't working out. It's because you're not working. I can't, listen, I, I decided, I've decided that I want to I make sure that I do the work in my own life, I want to break some of the generational curses that I have, that I've, that I've, that I've like been placed towards my way, so that my kids don't have to. I want to just, I want God to make me a vessel, and I want Him just to to make new wine out of me. I want Him, I want to, I want to, I want to get to the final product, but I want to let you know this takes a long time to get here. This would not be cool if it was just a thing of grapes. <laughs> This, this bread here, if I just brought some, some grains up here today, you'd be like, oh, that's weird. He, he has grains. It, it, it's gonna, it, this takes a lot of work. I want to encourage you today, put the work in. Put the work in. Seed the miracle. We're going to give away next week before we even, before we even receive. We're going to give away before we even receive. Diane and I are going to be faithful to little things because one day there will be a bigger thing. We're, gonna, we're not going to ask God for more. We're going to ask God to help us steward what we have. Because the more will come if we steward well. If you work on form, the weight will come. You've got to put the work in. This is a working church. I just wish God would just do the new thing. You're going to have to work. I want to invite everyone across the way to stand to your feet. We're going to take our communion together together today. I said the same thing over and over again. <clears throat> the Bible says that the, that the the Last Supper, Jesus gets the guys together and and he passes out the bread. And he says, hey, guys, this is, my this is my body. In just a few hours, it's going to be broken. You know the story. Less than 24 hours later, Peter, Peter denies him before the, before the morning time comes. And these guys come in. They take him. And these, these Roman guards, they take him. And they beat him. And they put a crown of thorns on his head. They put him on a cross. And, and, and his body begins to, begins to bleed. He had to carry his own cross. Jesus had to work before he ever got on the cross. The cross was, the heart was hard work. But he worked all the way until he got to the cross. He had to carry his own cross to the point where it actually gassed him, and he had to have some help carrying the cross. Even Jesus didn't just one day just wake up on the cross. He had to work. Even before the cross, he had to live a perfect life. Every temptation that you've ever had, every temptation that I've ever had, Jesus had the same exact temptation. Where you and I gave into the temptation, Jesus never gave into it. He knew that he, could, he had to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And so when we take this bread together, know that this, this bread represents Jesus' body. Let's take and eat it together.
then when you roll back the, the second piece now, all the way back, it's going to expose the, the, the wine, the cup together today. The Bible says, I've been saying this since we've been doing this communion, since we started this church, but it just, it, it blows my mind that if we were to, Jesus were to walk in today and he was coming fresh off the cross, that his body would have been bloodstained. We don't do this lightly today. We don't do communion every week. When we do it, we want to make sure that you know, like, this is the body and this is the blood that was poured out for you and for I, for you and for me. Jesus didn't have to die for him. He had to die for you and for me. And he did that. He didn't die for us. He died as us. All of your sins ran through Jesus' mind. All the bad things, the thoughts, the actions, the words, all those things that you and I would do, they ran through his mind as the, as the blood poured down his, down his body. Let's take the cup together. Jesus, thank you so much for your body and your blood that was poured out for us on the cross of Calvary. Lord, because of that, every single day, you can, because every single day, God, a new thing can happen. Every single day, God, you can change us. Every single day, God, our life could be, could look different and could, and could be different. Lord, every single day, God, there's new mercies. Every single day, there's grace. Lord, and we're so thankful for that today. Lord, may we not forget that this was done a long time ago on a cross. But the effects of it still affect today. Lord, may we put the work in. Lord, may we see that when the harvest comes, it's because of you, Jesus. It's because you helped us work. It's because you helped us to need and you help us to, to, to dig in and, to, and to, you help us to withstand the pressure that it takes to make the wine. You help us to, to hang in there where the, where, the, where the bread was in the oven. God, it takes heat. God, maybe we know there's going to be heat. There's going to be friction. There's a world out there that needs us, God, but there's an enemy out there who's trying to tear us apart. Lord, may we continue to put the work in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.